Welcome to Two Guys and Some Horror. This week we've decided to talk about a movie that I personally have enjoyed since I was a young boy. Um, I remember watching it late at night on television, um, probably when my parents were in bed. But the movie that we're going to be talking about is Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Um, this, this, the synopsis or the, the quick brief intro into the film is just, it's about a bunch of clowns that crash land on Earth and decide to wreak havoc on this small town. Um, but yeah, so let's, let's just go ahead and start the episode by talking and, uh, welcoming each other to the show. Welcome, Clark. Oh, thanks. It's good to be here. Uh, thank you for having me on, on such a wonderful podcast. So prolific as well. I missed you, buddy. Uh, I miss you too. Miss you too. So how you doing, buddy? How's life going? How's everything going? It's going pretty well. It's going, you know, I'm, I'm glad we're, we're doing this, finally doing Kill the Clowns from Outer Space. Uh, we, this is the second recording of this uh this is not the second recording of this. I'm making the same mistake as, as earlier. Due to the second recording last time, we uh, we pushed this one back a week for to record it. So uh, we're coming in with fresh minds, ready to talk about the killer clowns. I'm having a great week, Curtis. It's fantastic. How about yourself? I'm doing good. I'm, I feel so bad because I feel like last week is still giving us a bit of a hangover this week when it comes to recording. We literally filmed or recorded. I keep saying filmed. I'm probably just going to say filmed for the rest of our, our time together. For Sorry, our, we're both crazy and old men. Um, good. We, we recorded for, what, two hours and only got one episode out of it, which is kind right. of crazy when you think about it because of, um, you know, I we're filming in my home studio. This is my office, <laughs> which is going to be turned into the baby's room eventually. So, oh man, it's just it's just been hectic. And the holidays and everything in between. But here we are. We're ready to go. Um, let's, let's knock this one out of the park. Let's do the best episode we've ever done. All right. I'm in. All right. Well, let's go ahead and move to Clark's quick review. So this movie is uh, it's essentially a 1950s horror movie, but a satire at the same time but it still tries to take itself seriously the the explanations of where the monsters come from or anything they're just ridiculous it's like clowns are based off something people have seen before so we have aliens that come down from like a, a magical circus tent and they they terrorize this town kind of like the blob uh, otherwise you know it's, it's a it's a cult classic people seem to really love this movie some people don't this is one of those uh, Marmite films. You like it, or you don't. And if you don't, we'll find you and we'll kill you. Oh, I, I don't know about that, man. Just kidding. <sighs> All right, so I really love your quick reviews, by the way. Thank you. Um, because I think they summarize everything that we've talked about in text or phone calls or chat or whatever. Um, they definitely summarize everything we talk about, which is awesome. Um, but now let's get into the deeper part of the episode, the synopsis and the discussion around... The movie. So, I'm gonna lay out the the background for Killer Clowns, and then, um, yeah, we'll just we'll just start from the beginning. So, it came out in 1988. Uh, the director is Stephen Chiotto, um, or Chiotto. I'm, I'm gonna butcher that probably all day. And he's known for two other films: Team America and Critters. Okay, Team America and Critters. Well, Critters, uh, Critters doesn't surprise me, but Team America, really. Yeah, he was the, I think, the special effects for, like, the dolls and whatnot. Okay. Yeah, very interesting. Very nice. And I think Critters as well, he was more of a special effects and uh, creature feature kind of guy for those right. films. But uh, the writers were the Chiodo brothers. Um, 
And then the budget for this was only $2 million, uh, back in 1988. And the body count in this film is 40 plus. Well, let's talk about, let's talk about the $2 million as well. Okay. Because most of that was all put into production. The clown costumes and everything were already created. They're, they were made by the, the Chieto brothers. Correct. So uh, this, uh, this movie used all of that money. None of it went towards these, these really awesome looking costumes. Probably the most, some of the best uh, I've seen. Yeah, the Chioto brothers are known for their creatures, their costumes, their set, their designs. Um, that's one of the big things that they're known for. Um, mm-hmm. So it doesn't really surprise me that they were able to, you know, do a lot with a little in, in comparison to other films when it comes to budgets. The two million. I mean, you gotta you gotta think it's spent on on equipment, filming the actors and actresses that are in these film or in this film, um, and all that kind of fun stuff. So I mean, yeah, two million. Yeah, it's not a lot, and they did a lot with it. They they definitely did. So the opening theme song for the movie is great, and it really helps I think set the time piece mm. for where we are. Um, I I think so. So fun fact about that song is that. Uh, the mu- the musician, uh, the gentleman who wrote it, uh, let's see here. The score Killer Clowns was recorded on Halloween in 1987. High school. Um, what'd you say? I think the guy wrote it during high school. Yeah, he wrote it in his band. He had a band at the time. Right. He wrote it in high school, um, and the bandmates said it was too jazzy. Because it was uh, an F. Yes. Yeah. So they decided not to use it for the band or whatever, but then it, he ended up being able to use it for this movie, which to me is... Pretty, pretty awesome uh, because I think it really sets the tone for a lot of a lot of the scenes a lot of the movie um, and stuff like that so let's uh, <clears throat> let's just jump right into it we start uh, with with some teenagers making out as as we should correct so after Mooney drives off the cop mm-hmm. in the town uh, we get to meet who is it uh, the Trenzy brothers right and they're right. trying to sell uh ice cream from their ice cream van up at lover's lane right um and so this is the first time you get to see the brothers and you meet our main character um which is mike and mike is making out with his girlfriend debbie now do you think mike or debbie are the main character because there's there's also another character here uh with the police officer i think was dave dave yeah he uh he, he definitely had the kind of romantic hero uh, yeah. written all over him, where, whereas the other male league was kind of like goofy and kept flailing his arms around, kind of like a beanstalk. He was a bit goofy. And the Terenzi brothers are, uh, yeah, they were the, they were the complete, comedic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. They were their comedic re- relief, but this movie didn't really need them. So I feel like bringing them in was kind of what made this movie a little bit too much for me. Like, too uh, much, like, silliness? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't... The movie tried to take itself seriously, but at the same time, it was the complete opposite. Gotcha. So, it was... It, I don't know. Okay, so, so back when this is being made, we're just going to probably blow through a lot of these fun facts and trivia since right. I know a lot about this. It for, for rated R movie back then, too. Like, yeah. this was rated R. By today's standards, this should not be rated R. Like, no. for a PG-13 movie to watch, like, with a couple teenagers just for a couple laughs, like, yeah, this this is all right. The, the, and the, I think the R rating was because of how many people died, but nowadays, it's not just about how many people die, it's about how you're showing the death. Putting people in a cotton candy bubble does not count really as a death to to people nowadays. Like that's not scary. That's not horrific. Yeah. 
Um, but peeling open that cotton candy and seeing the bloody mess underneath, that's definitely yeah. going to get you a, a, a closer to an R rating than a, than a PG-13. Um, but to touch back on the Transy Brothers, so those are two comedians back in the day. Yeah. Um, which is why they were cast in this film, because they were the comedic relief um, at the time. And Dave's character, the reason why I don't really consider him to be the main character, um, is he wasn't supposed to live at the end. Oh, uh, the yeah. No? So when we, we'll get there and we'll explain the difference well, in the endings um, of how the directors wanted to do it, but they got shot down. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, so we meet Mike and Debbie. They're at Lover's Lane. They're making out. Um, and then the shooting star flies across the screen and crash lands into the forest behind them. And these two aren't the only ones who've seen the shooting star. You also have Farmer Gene Green, yep. who's played by Royal Dano, and boy, does he ham it up. He's kind of that caricature of a hillbilly who's like... Oh, golly gee whiz, we see ourselves a shooting star. What in tarnation's going on here? One of my favorite quotes. Not exactly the same. Very animated. But very animated and a lot of fun. And he Um, goes, he finds a circus tent. He's like, oh boy, the circus, I wonder if they have them peanuts. And it's like, completely forget about the, uh... The the crashing meteor? Yeah, the meteor that's about to land on top of everybody. Or spaceship. Yeah. He was hoping... I bet you he was hoping it was a spaceship. Sure he was. I, I still can't get over it. His dog's name is Pooh Bear. Yeah. That's adorable. Yeah, Pooh Bear. This is uh, where Disney comes in and asks for royalties. <laughs> so then we get to meet our first clown. Yeah. Um, and that poor clown takes care of our old hermit. Well, the dog first. The dog gets put in a net and then oh, it's just Oh, we gone. skip dog kills, don't we? No, we gotta, you gotta count all the dog Shit. kills. Like, the first kill in this movie is a dog and then probably the best actor in the entire movie farmer gene green nobody can ham it up better than him nope royal dano great job rest in peace probably right. um so we cut to mooney after these these uh after the the farmer gene green and the dog kill we cut to to mooney bringing in two punk kids for drinking in public yeah well, and that's when you meet dave also when they introduced mooney in the very beginning even he's just kind of kind of rewinding here a little bit there's like this kid who's got like these grocery bags and he's got like beers hidden there and he's like walking by a cop and he's drinking one yeah he's drinking one the cop just looks at him he's like you son of a bitch and the kid just like drinks it and drinks it he's like cops (laughs) (laughs) so so you can tell already they're definitely like they're okay this movie hams it up yeah like definitely and and they're letting you know that curtis mooney is definitely not a fan of kids and then the kids are definitely not a fan of mooney he's tired of he's like kind of letter of the law like you you do a crime i don't want to deal with you and he thinks like everybody's punks very grumpy old man and he's like he thinks everybody's trying to out is out to get him he seems a little neurotic to me yeah but he's also against young police officers coming out of the academy because he's giving dave crap for following you know you and your academy training like he's just giving him crap even i i just i have a feeling that character, Mooney, if he was in real life, he's he's just that old cop who just wants to do it by the book the old school way. Yeah. And anytime we come up with new stuff, doesn't want to conform. Damn boomers. Whoa, whoa. I don't, I don't know about that. Damn boomers. Okay. If you uh, say it twice, it's legit. If you say it twice. All right. Uh, moving on to... <laughs> Mooney's a great character, but... Uh, he is. His... Uh, the, the the amount of disbelief he puts towards everybody calling him about clowns is just it's a little ridiculous and then when he sees one he's just 
He's just like, I don't care. Well, no, he thinks... I, I. The only thing I can think of is Mooney is just... He's got his head so far up his own ass that he just doesn't believe anything still. Even when it's right in front of his face, he thinks it's a kid in a costume. You know what I mean? Like, because why else would you try to handcuff him and put him in a cell? Why wouldn't you just handle him right then and there? I mean, you've heard enough calls... Enough crap has gone down in the town. I mean, half the town's dead by that point. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, the only thing I think of is he just, he just, he's so damn stubborn. Um, but that's fast forwarding a lot. So let's, let's cut back again. I don't, I don't think this is a movie that you could even argue spoilers exist for. No. It's, it's so I mean, stupid. There's no spoilers here. Um, you know exactly who the killer is from the beginning, who the killers are. Um, it's in the damn title if you didn't figure it out from there. Um, but, but, uh, I think the, the most fun about this movie is the different scenes with the clowns. Like we could, we could do a whole episode of, you know, walking through everything in detail, but I think, um, maybe it's more fun if we kind of just jump to the clowns steps, um, and then throw in little bits of the characters throughout. Yeah. I would, I would argue that like even finding... They they find like the bodies in the in the in, in the, the carnival tent like, yeah. pretty early on like yeah. that's that's pretty much the next scene and then the yeah. clowns are terrified terrorizing the neighborhood for the majority of the movie because Debbie and Mike go back to town the clowns follow them into town I don't think they followed them though right? I think they just they do they there. march that's when so Debbie and Mike jump back in the car they drive off and then the uh, the the first clown that we meet walks out stops looks in the direction that they were that the car drove off in and then he they play the killer clown march yeah. uh sound and then that's when they all start marching into town i thought they were they would have gone there either way man probably like, yeah even if, i don't i don't blame the the hero or whatever i think they're just gonna go in there it's like first we see the threat the threat gets introduced and now the threat is yeah present i think for pacing sake they did a really nice job of keeping everything fluid Right. Not just being like, well, the clown showed up to town. No, they give you, like, a good hook, right, mm-hmm. of how they got there. That kind of a thing. Right. Um, I don't know why I have this quote. Would you be more scared if you came with me or if I left you here? Is that when Mike is talking to Debbie in the woods to go into the tent? Yeah, it is. to go in the tent. Well, yeah. <laughs> the way the way they kind of switched, the way they swapped there was stupid because she's the one that wanted to go there. And she was like, oh, look, a shooting star. And then when he, they find out it's a circus tent, the guy's like, oh, let's go inside. Look, mm. cotton candy. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. that's Mike Gerudo. The guy. Yeah. <laughs> they they cut a scene out, and it's some character who you never see in the film. Yeah. Um, well, that's when you see him. Yeah, but you never meet him. And the yeah, in the normal cut. Yeah. So they they realize people are inside those bags of cotton candy. Um, <laughs> popcorn. Why popcorn? Because they're clowns, of course. Oh my God. There there's some really good quotes in here um, that I actually love. So Debbie and Mike, though, they get the balloon animal dog to sniff out and hunt them. That's when mm-hmm. the clowns pull out the dog or whatever. Uh, I thought that was a lot of fun. Uh, the clown march still is really spooky to me. I like yeah. the song. Okay. It's still pretty spooky to me. Yeah. I think if I was at a Halloween party and someone put that on, I'd be like, yeah, this sets a pretty good tone. It's pretty <laughs> creepy. <laughs> I, I really did, did a... I like how they try to make the small clown look cute when he was like fighting the biker. So there's a scene where this little this little clown, small clown kind of shows up on a yeah. tricycle while they're terrorizing the town, and uh, this guy's like, "Oh, it's a, these, this 
big burly Harley Davidson biker. He's in a bike gang. Let me he's ride your bike. He's like, can I ride your bike? And the clown's like, no. He's like, can I honk the horn? And the clown's like, yeah. And the guy like breaks his bike, and so the little midget clown, or the small tiny clown, the dwarf clown, uh, he puts on some boxing gloves, and he's like, put on your dukes, put up your dukes, huh? Put up your dukes. And he punches the guy's head off, and everybody starts screaming. And that is when the tone of the movie is really set, that these clowns are just here to mess with you and probably eat you. Yeah, I, uh, I'm i pretty sure that's my favorite kill in the whole movie. Yeah. Um, God, that's such a What good about one. the popcorn? Nah. Popcorn snakes. Nah. I, I, like, I like the boxing, punching his head clean off. Like, I mean, it was like a perfect, you know, ripped his head off or whatever. Yeah, it just popped right off, flew, no <clears> blood, nothing. So the first clown that we meet in town, though, is the animatronic clown. Yeah. So the girls walk into the store, and then he's pretending to be like this animatronic thing yeah. outside next to the gorilla on the other side. Is it a gorilla? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, the gorilla on the bathing suit, or the, the lady's suit. Yep. Yeah. Then the clowns do the puppet show, and they make a puppet, dis- they make one puppet disappear, and then <laughs> and then they just sit there and, and they just keep laughing. The people that are watching, the kids just laugh hysterically. And then they all get killed. Hmm. Um, then we get our pizza delivery clown. I feel yeah. like we just have... It's just... It, well, the, that, the that, pizza guy, like, pizza, they have a bunch of boxes of pizza, and the small clown pop, head pops out. Yeah. And then they're turning everybody into cotton candy with their, their cotton candy guns. So they're basically walking through the town, house to house, just murdering everybody. Right. Cause you get, and then you get Valentine's delivery day clown. That one's cute. Jay, did you give me this? And then he shoots her. <laughs> so why did you even do that? Yeah. The one, uh, my favorite kill is the puppet show. The shadow puppet. Not the puppet yeah. show, the shadow puppet. The shadow puppet. So there is a puppet show, but there's also a shadow puppet, and this clown's like doing puppets, and these old people, these elderly people, or they're looking, and they're like, oh, look at that. Ooh, isn't that just so nice? Well, there's like a group of ten, though. Yeah. Just to be fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and he's just doing... And then he does like a T-Rex with like red eyes and it just like eats them. And that's yeah. when... Oh, yeah. And then... Okay, so that's when Mike and Dave are driving yeah, by. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they find him. And, but, but Mike, dipshit, grabs a steering wheel, decides to wrench the steering wheel and Tries then... Tries to run into the... But the car wouldn't have floored it. Like, Dave could have stopped driving at any minute. Did you see like the car hit there, though? It just barely it didn't hit. It. It, yeah. Well, it did, but it was very soft. He wasn't going fast at all and the clown just like flew in the air. Yeah. Clown got away. They missed him. And then they act like they're in a horrific car accident. Oh, oh my neck. Oh, man. Yeah. But the, the shadow puppet scene, I agree. Uh, definitely one of the better kills uh, in the movie and still a very funny scene. So they, they earlier, I think, when they were in the, the dome or the, the spaceship, Debbie gets shot with a popcorn gun. And then later on, She's she's taking a shower and then in the medicine cabinet like these clown snakes come out and that was a pretty uh, that was a fun little moment and the, the I think the clowns get Debbie so yeah so you get the creepy crawly popcorn effect right uh, in the bathroom uh-huh. you don't get a nude scene this, this that's good. also something very positive about this movie is that it doesn't abuse. Um, nudity or anything there it doesn't force it right right which a lot of times in horror films that's what we get um which can make or break a movie as well um but in this case we don't we don't get any nudity which is good we get creepy crawly popcorn effects which i thought were really awesome then you find out what the popcorn can do though because they cut away to trash can boy 
Yeah. And he gets eaten. Then it cuts back, and she's getting basically attacked by these popcorn mm-hmm. guys. She runs out, and then there's basically like three or four different clowns just waiting to get her. Because she thinks Mike's at the door, because one of them's using Mike's voice. Mm-hmm. Um, but they end up kidnapping her in a balloon. Yeah, why they, uh, why they kidnapped her and didn't just... Uh... Oh, we know why. Yeah. You know why. Well, they wanted the other characters. You think so? I think they wanted to use her to reproduce. Why else would you not... Why would you preserve her in a balloon? You really Everyone think else that? is dying in a cotton candy ball. She's preserved in this perfect balloon where nothing bad's going to happen. I don't... That's, that's... I'm kidding. That's a stretch. Yeah. I'm like, what? I was trying to figure <laughs> out why she gets a balloon ball over a cotton candy thing. Yeah. And that's the only thing I think of is maybe there's some, like, plan that never panned out in the writers. Well, in panel? the future with the Terenzi brothers or whatever their names are, they that was kind of with the clowns. The female clowns. Oh, dude, that was a great uh, scene. Let's yeah. jump there real quick. So <laughs> You want to jump there? Yeah, why not? Okay. I, I'm really liking bouncing around about the clowns. Because the yeah. clowns make the movie. Uh-huh. If you're going into this and you're thinking that the acting is going to be good or that the story is going to be, a, you know, some great story, like, back the truck up. Like, for two minutes, please. Because this movie's about the clowns. It's about the effects. It's about how the clowns affect the town. And then there's a little bit of story and acting. The acting's not bad. Yeah. I don't think it's the worst thing I've ever seen. Um, but I think you're there for the clowns. You're not really there for the story. Well, the Terenzi brothers, like, they break into everybody, all the characters. The the cop, the uh, the boyfriend, well, not the boyfriend, the makeout guy, Debbie, the girl all the guys want. And uh, the Terenzi brothers are in the ice cream truck, and they break into this place. And the Terenzi brothers kind of crash, and they meet these female clowns with like yeah they fall in like a ball pit yeah they fall in a giant ball yep. pit and they're these female clowns and they're just like they're like balloons that are like inflating in their chests and they're like looking at them and they look at each other like score which is kind of yeah so and then, then later on you see them with like a bunch of kiss marks all over their face oh you're gonna talk about the boobs oh yeah that's what i was saying their boobs were inflating like well, there they, are balloons there because of i think so here's us or me thinking past probably what we're seeing mm-hmm. i think the clowns can kind of read your mind a bit and figure out what you want as a person and then make that appealing to you because the voice of of mike at the door debbie wanted mike to be there to protect her okay all of a sudden he shows up how the hell would they know that um i don't know little stuff like that i i think i'm pussy i'm probably piecing them together yeah but maybe that's me overthinking it or thinking better than how the writers did it i don't know i think they have disney cartoon powers well, because Mike also tells the Trenzi brothers, because he's trying to get a ride from them. Yeah. And they're like, well, why are we going to go with you? And he's like, well, I've, you know, we're going to go see Debbie, and she's got two roommates. Oh, do they have big boobs? Yeah, yeah, they got big boobs. The biggest boobs you've ever seen. Like, you know, now it's yeah, in their yeah, mind. Yeah. They're just thinking about two hot roommates with big boobs. These clowns they fall into are female, yeah. which we haven't seen any female clowns. It's a bit infant. Well, that, that's... Yeah, it was a bit infantile, really. <laughs> but they're they're a bit goofy. Um, yeah. So so now the clowns have moved to the amusement park. Right, and we're going to talk about the pies, because there's a security guard there, and he's like, what are you doing here? You can't come in. And they just start throwing pies at him, and that vaporizes him or turns him into gunk, and then the small clown puts like a cherry on top of that. Yeah, it turns him into a dessert, I guess. Maybe. Maybe. I have no idea. It was. Definitely. It looked tasty. 
Ugh. Speaking of tasty, when the clowns stick the straw in the cotton candy and drink the fluids, I was like, okay, yeah, this, this shit's still scary. Like, that, that's still, that's not cool. Like, that, that gets me. I'm like, no, man, I don't want to run into a killer clown who's going to just put me in a cotton candy bag and with drink With cartoon it. powers, who'll just <sighs> turn you into cotton candy after messing with you. Because that's really the point. They loved messing with you and then turning you into cotton candy. Pizza. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Um, so did you know that Mooney foreshadowed himself being turned into a dummy early on in the film? Yeah, you're not going to make a dummy out of me. Yeah, and then no no shit, like 40 minutes later or whatever, he's a dummy. Well, let's talk about, let's talk about Mooney then because he's getting phone call after phone call regarding these clowns like invading people's homes and turning them into cotton candy and he's not believing anything and then a clown just kind of shows up there even a cop comes Mm -hmm. over and he's like this is real this is very real yep he's like this i'm onto your prank so you trickster yeah still not wanting to believe it the clown shows up squirts him in the face with water he puts him in the cell with the two teenage boys well what about the handcuff part like when his that hands was pretty come cool. off. Yeah, so he handcuffs him, but then he does the old "I got no hands" trick, yeah. and just pops right out of it. And then he walks with Mooney to the cell. He's willing to go to the cell. He goes in the cell. Goes in the cell, shuts the door, locks the cell, and then Mooney hits him with the gun behind the head. Well, he hits him. Yeah. Well, he hit him in the back of the head with like I think a Jimmy stick or something or whatever. Oh, I thought it was whatever the butt was. of his gun. It, it might have yeah. been. But he uh, he closes it and the clown just like looks at him and then goes inside the cell and Mooney like walks away slowly. And that's when you know Mooney fucked up. Mooney was gonna die anyway. We'll never know. Yeah. I thought that ca- that clown was being peaceful because he wanted to get in the cell to get the two punk kids. Yeah. Because two is better than one. Instead, he's just gonna end up getting all three now. I don't know. There's no rhyme or reason to why these things happen realistically, but yeah. just kind of funny that um, Mooney was such a, I don't know, a hard ass, and then still at the end of the day, it didn't save him. He was a dummy. It's going to take a lot more than this to get Curtis Mooney to quit, so fuck you! Like, that's probably one of the better lines that Mooney has in the movie. <laughs> How many phones did he have at his desk there as they were calling him? Enough. Like, everyone in the town is probably calling in. Enough. And he's like, just trying to answer them all, and he's like, no, you're an idiot. Maybe Hands they up. didn't have a switchboard? I don't know. Alright. That was good. It was a good scene. I... Let's talk about Clownzilla. Okay. So they're they're trying to escape the... All the clowns are coming out. They figured out... Did they figure out how to kill them at this point when Clownzilla showed up? No. Okay. Because they're scared. They're running. They're climbing up the pyramid. And then all the clowns are basically circling in to get them. Because nothing's stopping the clowns. They're, they're right. invincible at this point, as far as we can see. Like, there's a cut scene where they're beating up a clown that was cut. But otherwise, like, the clownzilla just kind of shows up. And he's this giant clown who can pick up a car and throw it. And he's chasing them. Um, I think this is probably the coolest parts of the movie. Yeah. Is when Big Bad Clown Daddy shows up. No, good good use of effects here to make the clown seem gigantic because this is it's actually a dude one in of a the, suit. <laughs> it's actually the director. Yeah. Or yeah. It's the one of the Chioda brothers. Yeah. Um. Luckily, the brothers. I. I mean, how did they kill the big bad clown daddy? Uh, it's Charles Chioda. Uh, they popped his nose. Correct. All you need to do is just pop the clown's nose because they're 
that's their whole life. You just pop their nose and they're dead. So now that they know their weakness, the clowns just leave and throw pies at the main characters. Pies that turned another man into a dessert and killed him. So they originally they cut the original ending to give it a happy feeling. They but did. They still murdered the three of them. So I'm kind of murdered the three of whom? Debbie, Dave, and uh, and Mike. And Mike, yeah. No. No, no, they threw pies at him, man. That's the end. They're dead. No, the they're ending out. where they have pies thrown on. Remember what happened to the security guard who had pies thrown on? Yeah, 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 yeah. But I'm saying the end of the movie... Okay, from the viewer's perspective, the end of the movie, they're totally safe and fine. They're outside. Until the pies hit them. Yeah, but you don't see what happens after that. No, you don't. But you know they're dead after. Just... Well, are the pies still affecting even if all the clowns are dead? I don't know, man. Because they get hit the with more dead? than just pie. They get hit with just dessert. Right? Um, you're talking about when it all rains down after the spaceship explodes. Yeah. Yeah. So everyone gets hit. Um, and I think that's not... I don't think they intended it to be pie. Yeah. Like how the, the security guard got killed. But I like where your mind's going. That's like... That I could just, be a fun revenge film. Like a sequel. It was a morbid ending, man. Because who doesn't get hit? Well... Because the Terenzi brothers are safe. Yeah. Uh, Dave is safe. Realistically, it's Mike and Debbie who are standing there that get hit by pie. Yeah. Pie, right? So in theory, we could have a sequel to this movie where Dave and the Terenzi brothers go on and wreak havoc and find clowns in space, and there's our sequel that we should have gotten. <laughs> I don't need any more space movies, dude. We got we have Leprechaun 3. That's all we need. You're Yeah, and we're going to be talking about it in March. So uh, there you go. I, I think uh, I, I think just so the listeners understand, there are two two different endings. Um, so the way the movie ends, just to quickly summarize that, um, the clowns go to escape, but their ship blows up, um, and the Trenzi brothers and Dave were inside the ship mm. when it blew up. Um, you're left with Mike and Debbie standing on the side, and that's how the original ending was supposed to be. Um, but because the executives felt that that was too morbid and dark. They asked for a lighter, friendlier ending, uh, so they changed it where Dave and the Trenzi brothers were actually in the trunk of a car. And then I... they get in the, <laughs> then they get in the ice cream truck, and they get out. They're safe. Um, so that's kind of supposed to be the happier ending. But to Clark's point, they all get hit with pie at the end. So really, did did they die or did they survive? You know, that's for you guys to decide. Did. did regardless of how the movie ends like i don't movie ended it, it was what it was and i don't feel there should be any sequels because this is all you need would you like to see a remake no leave it where it is yeah okay i don't think this is something you could uh really recreate if you did recreate it maybe change it try to change the vibe try to change the theme make the clowns actually scary yeah um Make them scarier, I would say. More more devious, less cartoony. Um, See, but that's why I think a remake would still be a bad choice. Because this is mm. such a specific, fun, yet horror-type film. I, I think maybe this movie doesn't need a remake. Uh, you know what? I don't disagree with that. I do not. Um, okay, well, let's move into the next segment. Okay. Uh, we're going to do fun facts and trivia. I've got six things here. We've talked a couple about a couple of them. Um, but we'll just run through them real fast and then feel free to interject with any other fun bits of information you've got. 
Uh, so back in the day when Curtis was a kid, he used to listen to a band called ICP. Mm-hmm. Um, they use Mooney's, uh, a couple of his lines on their tracks. Um, so around the 37 minute mark of the movie, uh, Mooney answers the phones and he's, Killer Clowns, you say? That is a piece of a song used from an ICP um, song on their album, The Wraith. Um, so that's kind of funny. Um, I, I listened to ICP before I ever watched the movie. And then, because when I was a kid, I don't remember any of that. And then putting those pieces together and realizing it was the same thing was a lot of fun. Did ICP teach you how magnets work? They did not. They did not, because they kept asking how it works, because they don't want to believe science. Oh. I never said they were smart people. <laughs> no. That's a fun song, by the way. Look, look up uh, magnets. How do they work? ICP. Uh, that's your homework tonight, folks. Uh, fun fact in trivia number two. Well, I guess number three now. Um, both The Blob and Killer Clowns have very similar plot lines. So an old geezer and a dog in the beginning both have a good cop named Dave and a grumpy cop who hates young people. Um, the score for Killer Clowns was recorded on Halloween in 1987. We talked about that earlier. And originally Dave wasn't supposed to survive. Um, in the deleted scenes, Dave, Mike, and Deb best, uh, oh, beat up one of the Killer Clowns. That's right. So they're supposed. There was a scene that got cut, unfortunately, where the three of them just go ham like an office space on a killer clown, which I thought probably is best for it not to be in the film. Yeah. And then the Terenzi brothers in the film are actually comedians in L.A. at the time and uh, had a lot of fun doing this film. Um, that is all I've got for fun facts and trivia, which pretty much wraps up this episode it takes us into our newest um segment our last segment which is just kind of a what have you been up to lately when it comes to entertainment um movies tv shows books you've read i don't know anything fun that you want to talk about real quick at the end of the episode yeah yeah so uh, i've been playing a game called uh, alien isolation i've heard of it yes uh, i believe you've you've played it uh it is a great video game alien is one of my favorite uh, atmospheric movies a period uh, you, you could call it horror but uh it's really it really has a uh this this tension behind it when you're like where is the alien gonna come when is it gonna come and it's not so much built on jump scares than it is on just the tension of the moment and this game is exactly that like there are these androids who can't tell if they've seen you or are going to kill you and then you have the alien as well which is kind of chasing you down so the whole game you, you feel like you're being hunted and every move you have to make with caution as well as mindfulness well you're also kind of repairing the ship as you go right working through the dark finding gear there's a little bit of um inventory management to it yeah and that's that's fine but the main yeah no it's no, just, I just mean it's fun it's well-rounded yeah, it's, it's it's not it's, just one linear thing yeah. There's a lot of things going on on the sides that you have to worry about, too. Completely agree. This is a game where you actually have to really strategize what you're going to do, how you're going to get through there, how you're going to get somewhere. You can't just do everything, like, off the cuff. Unfortunately, you have to pay attention to your environment. No, I, I'm i enjoying it. It's very stressful to play. But, <laughs> yeah. Sweet. Uh, so, for myself, uh, I've been diving into my Shutter subscription. I figured if I'm paying for it, I might as well start actually using it. Um, and last night, I discovered uh, Tom Savini's uh, life story on Shutter. It's kind of like a documentary. Um, it's just a bunch of him talking and explaining his life to you. It takes mm. you all the way through 
when he was born until today, what he's currently doing in life. Um, and I've always known Tom Savini from one film specifically, from Dust Till Dawn, which we have kind of in the background muted right now, just as like a, a side thing going on. Um, but I only knew him from that movie. I never really knew him from anything else. And then after this, I've actually come to realize he's in so much more. Um, he's in Creepshow 2 from 1987. He was the creep. So he's the creepy looking dude who um, starts the whole movie off and carries you all the way through. Um, he also worked with George Romero back in the day, which was really cool. So um, just a lot of fun stuff that I've learned about Tom Savini. And, um, you know, we might actually do some Tom Savini specific films in the future just to kind of have fun and, uh, yeah. and take a deeper dive into his life. Well, yeah. So that's all I've got this week. Um, but yeah, we, we just now we'll just take a couple seconds to thank you, the listeners, for hanging out with us. Um, coming into Season 2, this is Episode 2, and we're really excited to bring it to you. Um, don't forget to follow us on all of our social medias. You can follow us at the number 2 guys horror pod. Um, you can also email us at 2, T-W-O, guys and some horror at gmail.com. Um, we've got a couple episodes coming up in the future with some guests, and we'd love to have more. So if you have any ideas or movies that you want us to watch, um, you know, give us a shout-out. Yeah. Thank you for listening. We really appreciate you. And again, that is Two Guys Horror Pod on both Instagram and Twitter, and Two Guys and Some Horror at gmail.com. Awesome. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you. Uh, for those of you in the know, this is potentially the second time we're recording this show. This, uh, well, never mind. That cut that. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. This yeah. is not the one that we are filming twice. Uh, gosh, yeah, we're this is not twice. the one we're going to record twice. All right, that's a good joke. There you go. We got some bloopers there. Yep, we've got something for the end cut. Well. Wow. <laughs>